Hey everyone, welcome to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. This is episode 244, entitled Millions Sold and Billions Spent, because we're going to be talking a lot about uh, Nintendo selling a ton of their consoles and uh, Microsoft and Sony kind of going on a buying spree recently. We're going to get into that uh, a little bit later in the podcast, but before we jump into any of that, maybe you're wondering, who is who are these people talking to us? My name is Steve, and uh, of course, I am not here alone. I'm also joined by Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going? Hey, Steve. Always a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Uh, great to have you, and also great to have Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey. Always glad to be on here. I was my favorite part every two weeks. Awesome. Yeah, it was actually, uh, I, I went on a little nostalgia trip this uh this last week and and looked back at some of our our video podcast uh over the years uh, looking back to episode 100 when we started doing video and uh kind of looked at us through the years and uh yeah it's kind of fun to to see young us like i don't know is it like 11 12 years ago now and uh and everything so it's kind of fun so if, if you haven't done so yet maybe uh check out our archive of all the old podcasts on on youtube it's uh it's fun to look through I'm trying to think a hundred. We had Hassan and we also had Alex here. It was five of us. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, there was sometimes it was, it was a lot. Um, and I, I think the, the 10 year and episode was, that was fun. I was watching back that and get to see Mickey and Alex and, uh, I think Roth, uh, made a video for us and stuff like that too. So it was really fun to, uh, to check that out and, uh, kind of go, Go back into uh, memory lane, if you will. So, yeah, if you haven't checked that out, uh, be sure to do that. This is episode 244, though. Uh, so we have like a ton of episodes before this um, on the road to soon to be 250 and uh, and going to 300. Uh, Jakester's wondering where Alex is these days. That's a really good question. That that trip down memory lane made me wonder the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I used to have him on Facebook, but I haven't seen him post in forever, so I don't I don't know what happened. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um one of the things I also realized is Jakester has been a fan for quite a while now. Um I didn't realize how long he'd been around, but uh but back in the the early days of video, I think maybe even when we went, went to uh video at the very beginning, I think he was he was around and listening and watching everything. So Jakester, you're one of our, our biggest fans, uh one of our longtime fans. So thanks for thanks for being around. Speaking of Jakester and everybody else that's joining us in the chat room, both on Twitch and YouTube, uh thanks for joining us. And if any any of the things that we talk about tonight uh, interest you, um, please let us know what, uh, what's, what you think and what your thoughts are, any of the news stories. Uh, we're going to talk in just a bit about what we've been playing, so we'd love to know what you've been playing as well. And uh, yeah, just throw those in the chat, in the live live chat, um, either on YouTube or on Twitch, and uh, we'd love to uh, interact with all of you like, throughout the episode. Also, if you have not done so yet, please follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, or Facebook. That's uh, at Nintendo Future. Um, we love interacting with all of you uh, throughout the uh, throughout the episode, but also in between episodes. That's a great way to to do that. Also, join us on Discord. That's another great way to connect with us. Um, the link is on the screen, also in the show notes uh, for all social media and Discord. So, love to have you guys join us and uh, join the conversation in between episodes. Uh, a quick uh, programming note before we jump into everything today is that. Um, Normally we do this live every other week, uh, every other Monday, but uh, next the next episode would be on uh, Valentine's Day, and uh, we decided to go ahead and we're going to pre-record 
that episode. So that one won't necessarily be live. It will be premiering on YouTube uh, for you guys to watch and everything. But uh, and, you know, please do tune in and you can kind of uh join in the chat and, and have that conversation and everything. But uh, if, you, if you're if you watching later and you're wondering, why aren't they paying attention to me in the, in the chat room? It's because we, were, we will already have pre-recorded that one um, so that uh, we can, you know, hang out with our significant others on uh, Valentine's Day. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to happen just so 245, that's, that's uh, what's going to be happening. So, you know, ahead of time, uh, that's going to be a pre-recorded episode. Um, but all that stuff out of the way. Now it's time to talk about what we've been playing, and uh, let's go ahead and kick us off there, Barry. <laughs> I do have to say a quick uh, shout-out to Dash in the chat. Uh, he came in, he's saying hi, so hi, Dash. Dash is, uh, is a great, great guy. I got to guest on his podcast, so absolutely check it out, the NXS podcast. I, that was part of the Nintendo special. Uh, great crew over there. They they do a great job. So uh, shout out to them and thanks again for uh, having me on. Cool. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely give them some love. Um, as for what I've been playing, uh, I have not played as much as the past week. I did a little bit of things uh, on the Switch. Still doing Animal Crossing, doing my daily stuff. Uh, same with Pokemon Unite. Uh, just more like knocking out the daily goals. Uh, I, I decided I was going to give Rampa S Ultimate Summer Camp a try. Uh, I was like, all right, let me try and do this. And I played a couple rounds, and it's extremely grindy. It's really cool. It's a board game. Pretty much you have like 50 days to beat virtually Rampa 2, but as a board game. So you're constantly rolling, and you're you having all these different interactions, and... You know, you're not going to beat it the first time. You're going to run out of time. You're going to run out of days. But the idea is you get a couple of the characters up, and then you can take them to, like, the, the it's RPG battle. So you take them to, like, this RPG battle arena and level them up and bring them back in and, and hopefully beat it. But A, it's a gotcha system. So if you want your particular favorite character, because it includes all characters from the first four games of Dankenrampa, um, you're going to either have to get extremely lucky or by the character. And each character has four versions. So there's a lot of characters, and there's some side characters too. Like, it is insane. Uh, I did not beat the story. I played enough to the point that I really didn't feel like doing another 50-day grind uh, going through it, even though it's incredibly detailed. Uh, the highlight is these interactions. You get to see characters from the first game, the second game, the you know Ultra Despair Girls and V3 all interact with each other. And that is hilarious because there's certain archetypes in each game and you get to see them interact. All the, all the jocks get to interact. All the, the you know tech geeks interact. Uh, it, it's really cool. And some, sometimes it's you know the people who kill each other and they're interacting and they're having a good time. So... Um, I like that aspect, and I might just do like a YouTube to watch some of those scenes, but I just couldn't bring myself to do more of a grind uh, <laughs> on it. So unfortunately, luckily, it's a, it's a side story. It's a side game. It's non-canon. It's more like it's fan service, fan service game. Uh, also, fun fact, the physical of that, the Dankenrampa Decades, uh, or uh, Decadence, sorry, it's the it's the first time a major or more major publisher did a a uh, physical with four games on it. When you load it in, you get all four games. First time in America that's happened uh, from from a more major company. But we have Premium Edition actually did that first with Pigeon Dev for uh, for the U.S. But it was cool to see like oh other companies are starting to do this now. 
Uh, I also booted up Pokemon Shield. Um, messed around just a little bit. Uh, wanted to use my code because you get the shiny codes from GameStop. They end tonight. So if you haven't used your codes and you're listening to this now, make sure to use them. Um, played a little Quad Fighters. Uh, it's a it's a pretty much a shmup, which has like you got have all four ships together. It's it's a really interesting system. Uh, I was messing around with the physical from B sides. Uh, two games that I'll be reviewing for a future episode: uh, Breakneck City and Demoniaca, uh, as well as Hiroshio Goes Snowboarding, which we'll be talking about tonight. Uh, but then also a little game called Pokemon Legends Arceus, which has completely captured my heart. And I am already a six-star rank, so I can catch Pokemon up to level 80, and they listen to me. And I just like, I finished the second area. I haven't even gone to the third area yet. Like, I'm just having fun, and don't feel it a grind. The polar opposite of Rampa. I'm just running around Breath of the Wild style, catching Pokemon and battling Pokemon and finding alphas and exploring and... I'm having a good time, and I'm still discovering areas that I hadn't seen before. Even in like the first area, I'm like, "What's over here? Oh, there's a rock I could break. Oh, this leads to a cave. Oh, this leads to a whole <laughs> other side that I've never been to." Uh, with new Pokemon, uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, to, some people may not like the graphics. I like the art style, but absolutely loving it. Uh, PC side, still playing Final Fantasy XIV. Still a phenomenal game, and they've opened it up for purchase at this point. So while you can't try the demo, if you are interested, I highly recommend giving it a shot. It is an amazing experience. And on the mobile side, still Dragalia Lost and Mario Kart Tour. Nice, nice. Let's go to the chat real quick. And uh, looks like Jared has been uh, usual Go uh, Pokemon Go, Mario Kart, Mario Run, and uh, now a lot of Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus as well. And then uh, Jakester has been playing a lot of LEGO City Undercover, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, the first time playing through a Yu-Gi-Oh! game, and Fate Grand Order, and also Tetris 99 to get the Pokemon Legends theme. Uh, Jared, Jared said he beat... Uh, I'm guessing Pokemon Legends. You beat uh, Legends, and, yeah. uh, only and he's five only five star. star. And I'm so, a six star, and I'm just going to the <laughs> you're third just area wasting now. time there. That's what I hear. <laughs> so I'm having so much fun. This, this is me who, who's also said like I haven't even finished the last game because I got stuck in the wild area and just kind of played played around there and forgot about the main game. This whole game is the wild area, so <laughs> that's why I'm kind of uh, afraid to just jump into it because I'm like, you know what? I I will forget about all the other games. And uh, only play that probably so, or I just get like too much and I'll give up on it because uh, there's too much to do. Um, one or the other will happen. Uh, Dash says uh, five star and nearly six star in the third area, so that's nice. Nice, nice. So Greg, what have you been up to lately? Well, if, as long as we're talking about Pokemon, I was playing Pokemon Sword. So um, I did b- purchase a copy of Shield from Disc Replay, so then I have both of them now. But uh, my daughters kind of claimed that one to try to beat me to get to Zamzanta first. So nice. um, I went back to Sword to try to complete my Pokedex there. Um, right around 350 of them are logged that I'm still trying to get the last uh, some of them. But I don't know how much more I'll be able to get because I feel like there's Pretty much the other ones are like impossible to find or I have no idea where to get them. So moving on to other games I was playing, still doing some Animal Crossing, buying turnips and doing daily stuff and still designing vacation homes when I get a chance. It's I can't let go of Animal Crossing. It's really hard. Don't know. <laughs> Need help. Send help. <clears throat> um, per the last podcast, I had a lot of... Uh, recommendations to do life is strange true colors so i, I don't know up, who that was from 
I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know if I was in the last podcast <laughs> for that discussion. <laughs> it's true. You were just joining in the audience and uh, was convinced by all of our, we turned the last episode into a Life is Strange podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I ended up getting through the first three chapters there. I've been keeping tabs with Barry and sent like the choices, at least the first two chapters. I probably opened the third chapter, but um, it's really great. It's really surprised me and like how like thorough everything is, like the story is and everything like that. So it's fantastic game with very little to actually like explore and do, but like the stuff you do do is really fun. I've, I've also played all the different arcade machines and I've gotten high scores on all those. So if nice. I'm taking breaks and all the story stuff to actually play those games and, take out the Gabe's high score and all the machines. Right. That's so it's awesome. like the, there's like the breakout machine. And then like the one that's like in the apartment are like the two that I've found and played so far, hoping to find some more as the rest of the story continues. Cool. Um, also wanted to prepare for the new Mario and rabbits game. I was re- I was starting to actually play the first one. So I got up almost through the entire first, chapter i guess because they're like it's one dash seven or something that i'm on right now so i'm having a lot of fun going through with that game i've never played it before and had purchased it like a year or so after it came out like when it was on like a super deal or whatever for black friday or whatever it was like twenty dollars for the dlc and the game or whatever something ridiculous like that um it's a very great game and definitely would recommend that one to you haven't checked it out yet well before the new one comes out um also, I picked up a GameCube this last week, and I've been playing a lot of uh, Mario Baseball. I've found some like people that are playing it on uh, doing net play on YouTube, and I was just kind of like, watching their videos, and I absolutely love that game. That's like one of my favorite GameCube games. So it's I've had that always had that game, and never had a game have got rid of my GameCube mistakenly, and then I finally got it back. So mm. finally able to enjoy it some more, um, and then still playing Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile. Nice. Nice. Uh, let's see. Looks like Kevin also said uh, that he is excited for a few physical releases coming up. Uh, Gato Rapato, uh, Yuppie Psycho, and been playing a lot of Tetris and Mario Kart uh, from the SNES over the weekend. That's really cool. And uh, Jakester's also been playing Daymax Machina on PC. Very fun game, but the story and characters are very uninteresting. Uh, that was on sale, wasn't it? Like a really big sale, like or free, free. something like that. Free yeah. on PC. Nice. I think it was it was only only Windows. I think that's why I avoided Epic it because store, I, I don't actually have uh, a Windows PC to use it on, but. So that's really exciting um, for for those of you guys that uh, got the opportunity to to grab it. Um, Logan says evening all. Good evening. Uh, oh, it's still free until the third, so still got a chance. So it's uh, if if you I forgot to motive, mention that's at the very, very beginning, but uh, it is uh, January thirty first as we're recording this tonight. So you do have a a couple days uh, to to still grab it on the Epic Game Store uh, for free, um, and. Uh, yeah, so uh, I have been playing uh, Rocket League, of course. Um, been playing some Life is Strange Two Colors. Uh, I have now played through chapters one and two twice uh, <laughs> because I finally got tired of waiting on that um, update to fix that glitch, and because uh, I was just like chomping the bit to get back into the story because it's so good, and I was like, fine. 
all right, this, so this last Saturday, I decided to, or Friday was, I decided to just sit down and like actually play through uh, chapters one and two again to get back to the point where I left off. Uh, I think I made most of the same decisions. I tried to remember exactly some of them were um, some of those like quick ones that you have to make on the fly. And I was like, I didn't have enough time to think about like which one did I choose last time. So I think most of the, some of those are, are, you know, not that big of a deal. So, um, but I feel pretty confident on, uh, the, you know, the choices that I was able to lead into. And I think I did make another, I, I purposely made a different decision than I did the last time on, on one of them. Um, just because I was like, you know what, I really, I really should have done this other thing instead. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I think I'm most of the way through chapter three, um, right now. In fact, I was playing it right before we started, uh, recording and, uh, you guys are just lucky. I made it on time. We'll just say that, uh, because I was really, I was really close to just be like, you know what? We don't need to record a podcast tonight. I'm just going to keep playing Life is Strange instead. Um, so that's been fun. And, uh, yeah, as we've said before, it's so, heartwarming and like grabs your emotional like heartstrings at different times and you have to deal with different things than you, you normally have to in a, in a video game which is which is really cool and uh yeah really just enjoying i think the storytelling is just so so good in in this game uh, so that's been fun and uh yeah um Right now, that is only the only game I'm going to be playing for a while on Switch because I am not turning that thing off. I am only putting it to sleep. Uh, <laughs> so I did test it. And uh, as of right now, I are as of like a little bit into chapter one, I could restart it. But I'm really not going to take any chances anymore. So uh, my Switch is a Life is Strange machine until I beat that game. Uh, so I did play this other game right before I started Life is Strange again. It's called Wrecked. Uh, it's R-E-K-T. And it's, uh, it's a racing kind of trick racing game. Um, and it's just okay. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, the controls are kind of wonky. Uh, the, it's kind of like Stunt Race FX. If you remember Stunt Race FX, it's kind of like that, where you try to do a bunch of different uh, tricks and stuff in this car and ramps and all this stuff and uh, try not to uh, to wreck your car, um, essentially. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty, pretty fun. Um, let's see. Looking at the chat and uh, <laughs> Jakester said the pod. Thanks. Thanks, Jakester. Appreciate that. And uh, Logan says, sounds like you asked what people are playing. If so, I beat Wild at Heart on PC and then uh, Achilles Legends Untold PC beta uh, a bit. And the guy moved like a tank, <laughs> pitiful, versus other ARPGs that he's played. So, all right. I guess uh, maybe stay away from that game. Uh, cool. So, um we got so like, a, oh go ahead i was just saying really quick for at least on like life is strange like i don't have like multiple save files like i didn't see anything in there to create additional ones so i don't you know don't what's going until on you start a new game yeah you uh and the only reason i saw that is because my other one was corrupted and like i couldn't access it so i had to start a new game and when you hit new game on the main screen it gives you there's like five different save file options so you could just choose a different one yeah, just making sure because like I didn't link it. I don't have like a Square Enix account, so I never linked that or whatever. So, oh yeah, and I still can't. Yeah, it's still not connecting to the internet. Like I can't do it at all. It just I hit the button and it just refreshes the menu and that's it. So I did take screenshots of my choices, so I'll share them with you guys eventually. Um, but I can't just naturally do it 
online because I still can't connect. So. Yeah, I did the chapter summaries. That's what I've been sending to Barry because it's a lot easier to capture multiple decisions instead of yeah. <laughs> going through individually and typing them all out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's totally. After I get done with the chapter, I'll just I just take screenshots of all the different pages and yeah, that way I can at least have them. So, and if I have to, you know, replay it again, um, I'm not taking any chances this next time. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have uh, chapters one, uh, chapter one of the next uh, of the first couple games already downloaded on actually on my iPad and my Xbox. So I'm like trying to decide which one I want to play them on. Um, but I do have uh, those. I think actually I downloaded life is strange to chapter one as well on xbox so um yeah i just gotta figure out which which direction i want to go with with the games but uh i'm ready when i make that decision after i get in with true colors so i'm already so. well we have a game to review tonight uh before we move on to the news and there's a lot of uh big news that we're going to be talking about but before we get into all of that uh we're going to switch over and uh do a quick review for you all so uh Today we'll be talking a little bit about Hiroshigo snowboarding. Uh, disclaimer, both Steve and I received codes from East Asia Soft. So thank you very much uh, for the codes. Uh, this did come out December 22nd, 2021. So <clears throat> right there at the tail end of last year. Uh, again, East Asia Soft and Infinite, Infinite State Games are the developer uh, published by East Asia Soft. And uh, this is like a culmination of two classic arcade style games it's a combination of frogger where you start the game and you pretty much play uh as horatio from from your start to grab a snowboard which you have to pay for and getting to the copter to get up on top of the mountain and of course uh once you're going down the mountain it switches over to ski free from uh old windows 95 3.1 days uh and and while you're going down the mountain, you have goalposts to go through and kind of keep your chain up. You've got the Yeti coming after you. There's, you know, other skiers on there that you can knock down, but you just can't get hit by trees. You can't can't get knocked down. And if you make it to the end, you get money based on how well you did. And every time you die, you lose 100 uh, pounds because it's European. Uh, and uh, if you run out of money, you game over. So the idea is to go for as long as you can before you get that game over. And uh, you're constantly moving when you're on the ski, so you know you you can't just like stay one way. You're you're kind of zigzagging, much like real skiing uh, or snowboarding. Uh, so, Steve, uh, that's a little overview. What is what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, the game is fun. Like I think that's uh, one of my biggest um, <laughs> really quick summary is I had fun with it. Um, I'm glad that it's not that expensive. Um, because I think there's not a there's not a whole lot of content there, but uh, but it's enjoyable. I had a I had a fun time with it. It is um, it, it is very addicting. Like it's one of those games where you're like where you die and you're like, wait, oh man, I could have done better. And so you boot it right back up and and try to go again. And uh, it, it does get frustrating um, when you do you know you make one mistake and you're dead. And and a lot of times it's it's those mistakes that you're like, oh, if I do, would just took one more second to think about what I was doing there. I wouldn't have done it. Or I took too long to think about it and, you know, it, something got me. So uh, you got to think on your feet and everything. I think uh, I really like the, the I don't know what you call it, the continue uh, style of it, the, the money thing works. 
Like it just, it, it just works. And, and as soon as I was getting into it, I was like, this makes sense. It's not a life situation. It's like you have to pay for your hospital bills every time to keep going and you run out of money, you're game over. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. And it's actually fun. Um, I just wish that I, I think I, the, the Frogger ones are too short and sometimes the skiing ones are, or snowboarding ones are too long. I would say they're not the ratio of them are, are there's like, it's not, it's not equal enough in my mind. And I wish I could see a little bit more of the screen because going downhill snowboarding is tough sometimes. So you have to like slalom a lot more to slow yourself down so you can see more. Um, but trying to do that while also avoiding everything and trying to go through all the, the flags and stuff, that's, it gets tough, um, at higher levels. So it is very fun, but it does, the difficulty does ramp up, um, especially in the snowboarding. Um, I, I didn't see so much difficulty ramp up in the, in the kind of car, uh, Frogger kind of stuff, but the, uh, the snowboarding does, does ramp up quite a bit. Yeah, the, the Frogger sections are very, very short. I almost feel like they were tacked on. Like, what could we do? Because the main game is the snowboarding section. And I like that it's there. Um, I think that's that's neat. And it's just funny, the sound effects. You know, the car is honking at you. And I never got hit by a car, but I assume that that's a game over right there if you do. Uh, it's, um, the same, but, it's the same as the, uh, the uh, snowboarding. You kind of have to go back and... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so just try not to get hit. But yeah, uh, like you said, I I do wish you could see more of the like the the bottom of the screen uh, as you go through. But I think that's also part of the challenge. And like you said, the difficulty ramps up. If that's old school classic arcade, you know, Donkey Kong was four levels, and then you just repeated them, and they got harder and harder and harder. Pac-Man was a couple levels, and they got harder and harder and harder. So that's really what this is. It's the same kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it is a lot of fun. I don't know how much it is, um, but it's great. For, you know, when you want six, that's not bad for, you know, you can get some good entertainment out of it. It's great in the middle. Like I don't have a lot of time to play I, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, you can get a good run in and see how you do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, it's definitely good for, for like seven bucks. It's, it's a quick, you know, it, it's, it's, like I said, it's not enough content there to have like, you know, for a, even a 10 or $20 game. Um, but for what it is for like seven bucks, and I'm sure these games like this will go on sale. And, uh, when they do, this is definitely one to, to pick up if, uh, if you see it on sale for sure. Um, but, uh, even at this, you know, if you like that kind of a style of game, um, I'd highly recommend it. It's it's very fun. It's one of those pick up and play ga- games, but uh, you can get sucked into it if you if you get uh you know the challenge gets you and and grabs you. Um, it could be one you could be playing for you know an hour or two if you uh, really challenging yourself. Yeah, I agree. I recommend it if it's one of those that if this sounds interesting to you, you like the old school arcadey type of games, uh, and you especially if you have fond memories of Frogger and Ski Free, especially Ski Free, um, definitely pick it up and, and give it, you know, give it a spin. Otherwise wait for a sale. If those aren't, you know, your cup of tea, but, uh, did, I did have a lot of fun and I do have to mention the music is amazing. Like my subwoofer, the bass was just like rocking my house. It is, it's one of those things where this track is better than it deserves to be. It's so good. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, that, now you're going to get me to hook it up to my sound system. Now I I didn't even realize (laughs) it. Oh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. So yeah, um, huge thanks to uh, East Asia Soft for uh, giving us a chance to to review this. And uh, yeah, here we we definitely recommend this game. Yeah, thank you very much, East Asia Soft. Cool. Well, uh, it is time to move into the news, and uh, we got some we got some news to talk about. Uh, according to estimates by VG Charts, uh, the Nintendo Switch has outsold the ps1 so like that's that's just estimates of course but uh yeah they've they've surpassed 101 million units sold uh possibly by now maybe you know having 102 million units sold um actually yeah so it should be bringing its lifetime sales to 102.81 million sold uh so you know we're getting close to 103 million that is so that's this is kind of crazy um we've talked about this so many times on uh this podcast because every time we turn around the switch is surpassing another milestone um and we're we always ask this question you know where is it gonna stop um is it gonna keep going is it eventually going to be the number one selling uh console or is it eventually going to uh kind of peter out um a lot of it probably depends on where um nintendo comes in with their next console um will they kind of kill their own sales in order to to sell the next one or you know how is that going to go down uh so yeah i'd love to just know your guys thoughts on uh, nintendo switch hitting this next milestone of course this is not official this is just uh, estimates um based on what vg charts has uh stated but uh i i i tend to think that they're probably you know spot on or at least really really close in where the numbers are this does make the Switch, the fifth best-selling console of all time, I think now. So uh, that's that's pretty high up there. Um, so Barry, what do you think of uh, these sales numbers and this next milestone that uh, that Nintendo has hit? I mean, these are absolutely great. I mean, it's fantastic for Nintendo. Uh, like you said, how far it goes really depends on Nintendo. And, you know, the Switch OLED wasn't the Switch Pro we all wanted. And there was rumors that it was supposed to be a Switch Pro. But because of the shortages, they did what they did. And they they didn't want to compete with Sony and Microsoft and Apple and everybody for the same chips. Uh, If that's the case, that makes sense. So are we going to get a Switch 2? And if we get a Switch 2 next, is it just going to kill the Switch? Are they going to keep supporting the Switch going forward? All these things really depend on the Switch sales. It all, all depends on Nintendo and how they go forward. Uh, I do think that it's going to top the Game Boy slash Game Boy Color, which, in my opinion, they should be separate, but it, it will top them. Um, PlayStation 4, I'm not sure about, only because they just started production again on the PlayStation 4, because PlayStation 5, they just can't produce them, so... You know, that goalpost is actually moving because PlayStation 4 is now going to be selling more again, and it's still obviously supported. So I think I think there's a chance it could outsell this, the PS4. I mean, the PS4 came out in 2013. Uh, we're 2022 now. We're almost at a decade, you know, a nine-year mark for it coming up. And uh, the Switch hasn't even hit its fifth year, you know, <laughs> 2017 to 2022. But it was March. So March is, is going to be the anniversary. So... Switch can do a lot. If Switch keeps this momentum up, if they're able to keep going, uh, Switch could could outsell the PS4. Now, will it hit the DS or the PS2? It's possible. I mean, I'm not going to say no, and I'm never going to count Nintendo out. 
but uh, that's a lofty goal. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, it's uh, the switch keeps selling. Uh, is there is there an end in sight, or uh, or is it just going to keep on going and, and eventually you know become the the best selling console of all time? I mean, I personally believe it deserves to be like the one of the best selling consoles of all time. It's got tons of like quality games. It's got like the best like of both worlds have being a handheld system and a home console at the same time. So I think that's a recipe for success. I mean, the PlayStation two is a home console. The DS is a handheld. This is both. So it, I mean, the sky's the limit. Um, but as Barry said, it's ultimately up to Nintendo. They could easily just like kill the thing by not, by saying like breath of the wild two is going to be on the next, uh, um, platform or whatever so like they really can do all sorts of things to make sure that doesn't happen so i'd like it to easily um see it past the game boy color and the playstation 4 but um it really ultimately depends i mean it's a fantastic council it's deserved it's well deserved to be this high on the list and it deserves to go higher they just all on nintendo if they're set to keep it going strong or if they're just gonna kill its momentum and end it right there i mean Hmm. what they really need to do is just get metroid prime 4 like get some sort of window out there and uh breath of the wild 2 and i think that could see some more surges in consoles um, being sold yeah yeah i think it's uh it's interesting you know we we talk these numbers all the time and i'm sure that nintendo and microsoft and sony are looking at those numbers and everything too um and the funny thing is I, i i just I tend to think, you know, us as, as fans, um, we kind of think, you know, is it going to keep climbing and everything where Nintendo is probably sitting back and go, we don't care as much because we just want to make the next great system that is going to sell a lot and make people happy. And so like they would probably, if they feel like they have this next system ready, um, I don't care if it cannibalizes these numbers right now. And we cut the switch off at the knees before it gets a chance to surpass our own game boy, because we believe in this next system. But for us, it's funny because we were like, Oh, is it going to keep going? Is it going to, is it eventually going to be number four? Is it eventually going to be number three where probably Nintendo sitting back and like, guys, it doesn't matter. Like, we're just going to keep making good stuff and, and hopefully you buy it and, and enjoy games on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I know, let's see, um, Kevin is hoping for a switch pro, uh, that's backwards compatible. And I wonder if, if it is, you know, if it ends up being a, a switch pro or, or something like that, would they even count the numbers in like game boy, game boy color? Would it be like kind of that thing, like a DS DSI, like well, kind of version? I mean, I'm assuming like the OLED is, is like that. It's so it. it's, yeah. it's part of those numbers. So, uh, would they... Or do they do they care enough about numbers to include it and couple it together, or will it be its own thing? It depends on if it's an iteration, like the iPhone, you know, iteration kind of deal. The, if it's the Switch Pro and it's just a more powerful Switch, but no new library and all games are playable on it, then that would count. If it's a Switch 2 with Switch 2 specific games that happens to be backwards compatible and all things are going to be Switch 2 going forward, then no, Switch 2 would count as its new system. Like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X uh, are counted with the PS4 and the Xbox One because they're part of the same console generation, where the PS5 and the Xbox Series X count as brand new systems. So it depends on what Nintendo does. It's true. It's interesting, I think, like how... 
like we've talked about this for years. Um, it's funny that there ended up being another console generation, but you know, will there be a time where we don't have a console generation anymore that it's just, it's like the PC gaming world where you just continue to upgrade and you get better things over time. And it's always backwards compatible, at least to some extent. And, uh, there is no sort of thing as a console generation anymore. Um, what will, you know, eventually then we'll have numbers that keep just going up and up and up and up and up because, uh, you know, there's nothing to replace it. <laughs> then, it then it'll be about how fast did you do those numbers? Like, yeah. again, the it, the PlayStation 4 is just a little bit above the Switch. It's maybe, what, 15 million above or so, uh, which is a, is a big number. But again, this, the, the PS4 came out in 2013 and the Switch came out in 2017. So you're looking at a four-year difference. So when that 15 million in four years is actually quite pitiful for console sales. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, Greg, what do you think? Uh, you know, is, where, where are we going from here? Um, you know, will it be? Will we continue to see more console generations, or do you think? Uh, do you think you know we're kind of going to see the end of that as we move forward? It's really hard to say. I mean, I feel like the generations are just a normal term just to like indicate like, Oh, this is like the next like evolution, like towards of gaming. And it's just, I don't know. It's just like the Pokemon generations. It's just like the next evolution forward. And I don't think they're, I mean, I feel like in years past, they've been more um, organized where they're all coming out like around the same time, like within a year or two time span. But now that um, Nintendo's kind of like branched off and, are just releasing systems whenever they feel like it. Now it kind of like, it's um, kind of hard to say what generation like the switch is supposed to be in versus like their next one going to be in. It's cause it's like X- Sony and Microsoft are still releasing around the same time, mm-hmm. like PlayStation five and the um, series X and S or whatever all like came out within just like weeks of each other. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's really hard to say like we're, the generation stuff goes i mean it probably just fuels like the fan fighter for like <laughs> council wars and stuff like because it's like oh the generation starts on this date and boom and that's like that's going forward and mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i don't know it's just just an age and a number nothing really important <laughs> really <laughs> yeah right yeah like you said it's only really fuels the the console war stuff like most people probably don't really care like if you really think about it um there's a lot of chat around uh the nvidia chips in the in the chat room uh do we know anything about what nvidia is doing and or if are there any rumors or anything will nintendo be sticking with nvidia chips moving forward to their next console or could we see them swing and you know do their own thing or or go with a different company uh as they think chips because that's a lot of times when we think of generations it's also the next generation of of cpu or, or chip um system on chip that's that's involved in that uh do you guys know anything about uh any rumors or anything that um might be coming out from nvidia or anything like that i haven't heard anything so you haven't heard anything i'm not either. saying it's not <laughs> yeah yeah i know that it uh you know there, there has been more like nvidia has moved forward i think maybe at one generation or two generations uh since the the chip that that's actually in the switch but uh but yeah is that what we're we're gonna see in the next uh console or not but i do know like we talked about i think there's there's been rumors people checking that out um that it is 4k possible and uh i think at least 120 frames per second um that you can get sort of the frame rate and everything or refresh rate from those kind of chips so you know if if they like that relationship with 
with NVIDIA, that could be um, where they continue to go. Um, it depends, though, if they want to use more of the top-line chips. I mean, even when the Switch came out, the, the chips that are in the Switch were not top of the line. There were other ones right around the corner. The X1 was, was old at that point, and they went with it for being cheaper. Mm. So if they... You know, if if Nintendo wants to give us top of the line system going in, uh, and they're going to charge us more of a premium, and if they think that they can get the Switch away with a four or five hundred dollar price tag, uh, we could get a real beefy Switch. But this is Nintendo. You look, they they charge two hundred and fifty dollars for the 3DS with no launch titles, and people felt it was overpriced, and they cut it to one seventy, and it started to sell. Um, the switch came out at 300, which was a nice sweet spot and it worked and people are happy. Uh, if they go above that and I'd like to see them, I wouldn't mind paying four or $500 for a switch. And, and I know some people that may be harder to do with money, but if you're going to get a system that is going to be powerful enough to handle some of these third party games and you don't have these compromises and, and you're getting this for the longevity, it's not just a, you know, like, Oh, I get it, but it's only for a month. Like it's for the lifetime of a system. You know, it's worth it as an investment if you play a lot of games. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's where they can do that and still leave the Switch and say, hey, look, if you're not into $500 handhelds, you've got kids, whatever, you can get a Switch Lite, you can get a regular Switch, whatever they want to continue with. And you've got a library of thousands of games already there. Uh, you could do that. And then for the hardcore can move on. Yeah. But yeah. that's up to Nintendo. That's true. Greg, what do you think about that idea? Like having, you know, the switch stick around as a lower end or, or possibly would they even have two different versions come out next time, similar to what uh, Microsoft and Sony have done as kind of like a, a base model or a version or not a version one, but a, a version a and version B that one's more powerful than the other. Um, what do you think about that approach? Do you like that as, as a gamer yourself or could that turn people off? I think it would be great. I mean, options are always better. I mean, but Nintendo just hasn't been one to do very well with that. I mean, their Wii U, um, the Black Council is the one that really sold. Like, their under-quality <laughs> one, the white one, was just absolutely atrocious. Like, it had, like, but that's just because they don't know how to bundle stuff together. Um, if they actually had something like the Xbox S and S, like Indifference, I'm sure Nintendo would be much better at doing that but if they're just going to be just trying to like oh you can get like an extra 32 gigabytes of hard drive space and pay us like an extra hundred dollars i mean i think that's where they're not very good at doing these yeah. separate I, uh, machines i i think with the wii u i mean the whole thing was a blunder but it was there was no value in getting the eight megabyte or whatever one because the black one had more memory it was 50 dollars more but you also got nintendo land so it really was no value whatsoever in going for the white one. Uh, because especially if you wanted Nintendo Land, why, why jip yourself on the less memory? And there was also that digital discount thing that I think was terrible. Um, that was look fantastic. at the Xbox. <laughs> ah, I never used it. Uh, look at the Xbox One S or the Series S and the Series X. They're both selling. And yes, the Series S is digital only versus the the Xbox One uh, Series X. But unlike the PlayStation 5, which I think the PlayStation 5 digital only is, is a terrible value because it's $100 less and it's the same power. 
And so for 100 hours more, you're getting a disk drive that you can play all PS4 games and all PS5 games, as well as Blu-rays, DVDs. Like you're getting a lot of value for 100 hours. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. But the Series S is 200 hours cheaper than the X and is also less powerful. Mm-hmm. And they did that. It was smart. It allowed people to get into next-gen gaming if they didn't care about physical at all. For three hundred dollars using Game Pass, it was a smart buy. If you cared about physical, you cared about more of that power than the the One X. Five hundred dollars, go for it. That mm-hmm. I think is what Nintendo needs to do. Not the digital versus physical part, but the the power. And they already have the Switch. So if they come out with this new Switch and they say all Switch games are playable on it, but there will be Switch two only games and it's five hundred dollars, those adapters will go for it. But if let's say Breath of the Wild two is a launch system game, you know, launch game for it, you know it's going to be on the Switch. They've done it twice already with Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild. I and I think going forward, all Nintendo games. All Nintendo games will be Switch and Switch 2. So if you don't want to spend $500, you'll spend $300 or $200 or whatever with the light, get to play all those games. People will be happy. Those numbers will go up. And for the hardcore and for those third parties that say, we want to bring over you know, the newest Resident Evil. We want to bring over the newest Call of Duty, but we can't on the regular Switch. We could do it on the Switch 2. The... The, that's where the market will be. And mm-hmm. I think if they do that and market it correctly and keep the Switch alive, it will become the number one system and it will secure their future because they'll, they'll build better relationships with third parties and they'll, they'll have their family and they'll have their hardcore. And by the time the family decides it's time to get a Switch 2, which they may never because the Switch library is huge. And if Nintendo keeps supporting the Switch, they may not have any reason to ever upgrade. But if they ever do, they can take their library with them, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think, oh, go ahead and bring, I was just going to say, I, at least in this point in time, like, I don't know if they can just release like a more powerful version. That's technically a next gen and still keep the switch afloat. I mean, we've heard time and time again, like, Oh, this, the, uh, the DS is still going to be our third pillar in our consoles alongside the three DS and Wii, and then boom, like it's the DS is just, it's just cut off like oh the we and the wii u and the 3ds are being our three pillars and we is gone then it's like they're they always do that same marketing trick to say like oh we'll still support the platform and then they just x the <laughs> coverage of it it's but i think they're done i think if you look platform yeah if you look every time they've done this third pillar that's never worked because of sales so the first time they did this was the Virtual Boy. The SNES, the Game Boy, the Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy's numbers didn't make it worthwhile. They dropped the Virtual Boy. The next time they tried this was with the DS. You had the GameCube, you had the and you had the uh, Game Boy Advance, and you had the DS. And they'll say, all right, the DS is a third pillar. And what happened was the DS sales took off, and the Game Boy Advance sales started falling, so they killed the Game Boy Advance. No longer a third pillar. So... Every time they do this third pillar, it's never sustainable because they're cannibalizing the market. One of the three is going to be the weakest link, mm-hmm. and they always cut the weakest link. So in this case, they only have one pillar. It's the Switch. The Switch Lite, Switch OLED, they're all the Switch. So if they add in a Switch 2 and make it a second pillar, we know Nintendo can sustain two pillars. They've done it almost their entire career since 1989. But... 
if they make all their games compatible with both systems or at least the majority of their games maybe you know a xenoblade 3 or 4 might be too powerful and say we we really need to use the power of the the switch 2 or a bayonetta or something like that fine there will be exceptions to the rules so we'll say 95 percent of the nintendo first party titles of uh, switch 2 and switch it's it it's easy to s- sustain because it's literally the same game. It's like if you buy an Xbox One game right now, you're buying an Xbox One and a Series X in the same box. If you buy a PS4 game that has that little blue tab, it says PlayStation 5 upgrade available. You're you're buying two games at the same time. So these companies are already proving that it's doable right now. No reason Nintendo couldn't do the same. And they've done it with games like, look at Hyrule Warriors Legends on the 3DS. It's playable on the original 3DS, but it plays better on the new 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's interesting. You know, we think of that as two pillars, but I mean, my mind immediately goes to three pillars again. You know, you could have Switch Lite as the only handheld one. You have Switch in the middle. And what if a Switch Pro or Switch 2 goes home console only? Uh, a couple of people are talking about in the chat already. What if that next version, the more powerful version, is a home only console? Um, and you do have games that play, you know, play for the majority of them, 95% of them or so, that could play on all three platforms. But if you play it on the more powerful platform, you get enhanced gameplay, better, you know, frame rate, better graphics, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, keep all three of them going. I think it's interesting as well. Like we've talked about, we haven't talked about it in a while, but they, the cartridges, um, they do have the bigger cartridges that they haven't really been using. Yep. Right. So like maybe that was them actually forward thinking and going, you know what? We're eventually going to use those on the next one because we're going to need that much, uh, space to, to be able to put bigger games that have, you know, 4K graphics or whatever on it. And so we'll eventually use those same cartridges. But hey, you know what? You could also play that on the existing Switch or a Switch Lite as well. Don't forget about the other forward thinking where the Switch can read up to two terabyte SD cards, even though those don't even exist yet. So they are thinking forward thinking. And, you mm-hmm. know, they'll, they'll apply that to the new system for sure. You know, they'll just be backwards thinking and they'll continue to use that uh, one megabyte card and then you have to download (laughs) the entire game onto your system. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, here's the the thing about the Switch cards. And this is with the physical media and this is a true thing. Um, Each time you go up, so like if you say I want to make a physical game uh, and you get a two two, uh, gigabyte card, which is the smallest card you can get, uh, or two megabyte, whatever it is, um, that one is eight dollars from Nintendo. Eight bucks. The next size up is four gig, and it's it's an extra dollar. It's nine dollars, and it goes up for every size. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but you know you have to, you have a minimum of five thousand. Of course, these bigger companies are printing millions. It, it definitely adds money to it, and it's all more expensive than the DVDs, Blu-rays, whatever on on the other systems. So that is a factor. Uh, if they do keep the cards, and they probably will, they may have these bigger cards, and they'll say these all exist. But if Nintendo keeps the price as it is, you're going to see a lot of third parties go, well, we're going to opt for the cheapest card where you, you have it physical, but you have to download everything. And that is that people hate that. People hate that. So if mm-hmm. Nintendo can bring the cost down a little bit on the cards, I think they can push for a lot of great physical you know, high 
you know, memory games and you could save memory on your switch Two or whatever they call it. Right. Um, that is a factor. Those cards exist. It's totally forward thinking. It's just a matter of whether these companies choose to spend a little extra money to make, you know, their customers happy. And unfortunately the majority of customers don't seem to care and they're going to go the cheapest route possible and Crapcom and 2k love to exploit that. Yeah. Well, and here we are again at this place where, you know, coming out of the, um, the, the, the 64 and the, and the GameCube and you're going, do we go with cartridges again? Or we go back to discs because discs are cheaper to produce and we can go bigger on those. And, you know, do we have another proprietary disc or they keep with us? So that's, you know, funny enough, it's like, uh, the, you know, history keeps repeating itself with Nintendo. Um, you know, we're kind of back in this position again, where it's going to be more expensive to produce bigger cartridges. Uh, are they going to drop those costs or are we just going to see it? what you said, Barry, or possibly just another increase in, in how much games cost, you know, we're going to be paying 70, 80 bucks a game. And you know what? And people who say, Oh, that's 70, $80. I mean, they used to be that on the NES, SNES and 64 days. So it's actually, I'm surprised games have been as cheap as they have been for so long. That's true. It's true. Well, let's move on. Uh, speaking of money, um, uh, this one, you know, came out, uh, I think right after our last podcast, maybe just a couple days after our last episode, uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, we found out, uh, that, um, Microsoft just spent a big bag of money and, uh, entered a deal to purchase Activision Blizzard for 687 billion dollars <laughs> yeah that's a b billion dollars that's a whole heck of a lot of money uh i remember thinking back when uh <laughs> when uh was it facebook bought instagram for one billion dollars and we thought that's a lot of money now we got 68 billion dollars that's almost 69 instagrams for uh, Activision Blizzard. And uh, as you guys have known, uh, Activision Blizzard has been under a lot of um, heat, we'll say, um, lately, uh, with a lot of unfortunate uh, accusations about how they've been treating uh, their employees and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, Ninten uh, not Nintendo, Microsoft uh, has stepped in going to buy the company out. And um, they say that, you know, things are going to they want to make a better, um, you know, situation here for, for these, for this company and employees and, uh, continue to make games that are, you know, cross platform and all this stuff. So, I mean, we've been seeing more and more Microsoft games on Nintendo platforms. Um, and this is also a Microsoft gaming acquisition, not an Xbox game studios acquisition. So I don't really know that what, that distinction really is other than it's just a separate entity within the Microsoft brand, but um, maybe they're going in that direction. I don't really know. Um, we're going to talk about it in just a second and uh, get a chance to see what you guys think about this as well. But uh, yeah, if you haven't heard, Microsoft is in deals to uh, to purchase Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. Barry, what do you think of this deal? Not a fan. Yeah? Not a fan. I think... Uh... This is the wrong way for the gaming industry to quote-unquote grow. I do think that Activision needs change. I think we all can agree that Activision needs a lot of change. 
And uh, this is not the change or the way the change would happen that I was hoping for. Um, Microsoft has stated that you know stuff will be still be multi-platform. Microsoft seems to be pretty good with that. I think what we need to look at is what does Microsoft do in a year or two's time. Uh, it seems almost like Microsoft is just trying to build up a portfolio of, of amazing studios to do a streaming thing or like a service or just almost become a third party. Like we realize we're not doing well with with um, the Xbox. Let's do PC and let's do third party and just put our games everywhere. And if that's the case, then it's okay. And the reason I say it's okay is because Microsoft has the money to back it up. Microsoft has the money to make sure that the games get the time, uh, less crunch, so to speak, so the games get the right amount of development time and that people get treated fairly and properly. If Microsoft, however, changes it and says, you know what, we're going to push the Xbox, all of Activision Blizzard games, uh, all of them are PC and Xbox only exclusive, screw Nintendo, screw Sony. That's not good for the industry. Exclusives are fine. Exclusives make sense. Mass exclusives and buying exclusives like this is is like, I don't know, it's, it's just a giant childish game in a sense. Like, oh, well, I have it now, you can't, ha, 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 because I opened up my wallet. It just, it really depends on how Microsoft handles this and what they do. And that will determine my feelings overall. All right. All right. Greg, what do you think about this deal? I mean, it, <laughs> obviously competition is um, better when there's more companies in place. And this is just like kind of lowering that down. And um, it is kind of sad to see like another company getting picked up by Microsoft because it could just could be more exclusive for Xbox down the line. Obviously not this um, early in the game because they've already said they're going to continue their commitments to like the PlayStation four and PlayStation five and any like switch games already in development. But like always this, what it comes down to is just more games, more exclusive to Xbox that like can be down the line. And that's, I've kind of hurts the industry as a whole, just to have less games on less platforms. Um, it obviously really stinks with everything going on with Activision Blizzard. I'm still surprised they <laughs> charge that much to even be picked up. But, I mean, that's just money can talk. And Microsoft was really heck bent on getting them. So that's It's not for the people. Yeah. It's for the IPs. They bought yep. them for the IPs. Yeah. Yeah. I really yeah. hope that they do like kind of clean house a little bit with like, get rid of all those bad people out of there. But that's also stinks for people to have to lose their jobs for something like that as well. Right. Right. Well, it's definitely, I think it's, you know, it's something that, you know, what we know about Microsoft over the years is that is something they will not put up with. Um, I think as a company that will tarnish their brand so bad. So they've got to take action, like severe action. I think if, if anybody is still left on that team that is, has been contributing to any of, of that negative press or anything like that, you know, stuff that's actually, you know, happened within the company. Um, I feel like Microsoft will definitely put an end to it, um, because they can't afford to, to have that kind of negative press for, for a company their size. Um, I think it's interesting that, that it is Microsoft gaming. Um, that's the student that's instead of Xbox game studios. So I feel like 
like it seems like Microsoft is moving this direction of of becoming more of a they want to be the game studio. Clearly, they're buying Activision Blizzard. Like that's a that's huge acquisition of IP. Um, so like, yeah, do you is there will they will 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 government step in or something like that? This is could this risk becoming some sort of monopoly at some point? Like I hear what you're saying, Barry, because it could be yeah. very dangerous. And and Greg, you said it too, it's like for for the gaming industry, like when there's less competition. But like, is Microsoft wanting to move to that? Like, hey, I we want to provide you know, Microsoft Game Pass on every console out there and bring your all your games to our console similar to Steam and just like, hey, we'll be the the platform that we will publish all these games and put them out there. And that seems to be where they're going, but it it also feels like all this stemmed from the fact that Microsoft doesn't have exclusives. And that was the big thing. Like, oh Microsoft, you don't have exclusives. And you look at the past, I don't know, say five Xbox E three shows. And all they talk about is how many exclusives, how many timed exclusives, how many console exclusives. Like, it's they shove it. Like, oh, yeah, it's like an overreaction. It's pretty much like saying, oh, you, you need to go right at that intersection because everyone else is going right. It's like, oh, I got to go right? Okay. Well, I'm going to turn right with my car, but I've got NOS on it. And I'm going to, instead of going to go with the speed limit of 35 miles an hour, I'm going to go 150 miles an hour and blow down that road. I was like, no, 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 you just have to make a right. And that's almost seems like Microsoft is doing. It's like, oh, no, you, we don't have exclusives. Okay, well, let's see. Who should we buy? And oh, we're buying this and we're buying this and we're buying this. And then they come out and they're like, hey, guess what? We're going to do a 10-minute presentation during E3 to talk about all the studios we bought. Now we have those exclusives. You like us now? And it's like, that's not what we meant. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I think that's, that's that's going to be the interesting thing, I think, long term where this goes. Um, Greg, do you think we're are we going to see you know Microsoft keep these games closely, or will do you think they will you know play nice and share? <laughs> um, I really hope that they play nice and share, but I mean, it all really comes down to what they're going to try and do. I mean, they bought Rare, and then Rare hasn't really had any games on Nintendo platform, so. That's true. They're going to kill Activision Blizzard, just absorb the IP and just like, and we're going to keep like the top three games and everything else dies. <laughs> to be fair, not only is Rare pretty much dead, um, the, the older people that made the N64 classics, I don't think I work there anymore at all. It's true. But when they bought Rare, they were doing Xbox and they were 100% going for exclusives and they were Xbox is what they were focusing on. Now we're at the Xbox Series X and at this time, you, you see games like Ori on the Switch. You see games like you know Cuphead on PS4 and Switch. You see games like uh, Minecraft on all platforms. You see Microsoft, uh, you know, and, and Nintendo working together to get Minecraft Steve and Banjo in Smash. You see them allowing Nintendo to put Banjo Kazooie on Nintendo Switch Online. You have games like Deathloop, which was in development when they bought Bethesda, and that's a PS5 exclusive. They allowed them to release it as an exclusive for their com closest competitor because that was already in the deal. Uh, you, you really have to wonder how much are they going to keep to their chest or are they just going to be, you know, we're, we're opening up to everybody. Uh, they stated that they're going to put their games where it makes sense. So, for example, now that they have Activision, if they're going to make a new Spyro game, 
it would make sense to put that on Nintendo because platformers sell statistically better on the Switch. So they're going to put it on the Switch because it's going to sell better because they make money. The game's already developed. They're going to make money off of it. That's not to say it won't be on Xbox as well because it sure as hell will be. It won't be a Switch exclusive, mm-hmm. but it might not hit PlayStation. It's true. Speaking of which, um, how weird is it that uh, Microsoft now owns uh, several of the uh, characters that were known as as Sony yep. characters for a while? Like, like <laughs> that's that's crazy to like think of a world that's like it'd be like if Nintendo all of a sudden owned Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, how weird would that be? Um, so. Yeah, Greg, any thoughts around just like that craziness of like, wow, like Microsoft owns these characters now, <laughs> like Banjo-Kazooie, or not Banjo-Kazooie, Crash Bandicoot. Like, that's weird. <laughs> I almost feel like Nintendo practically does have Sonic, but like the True. bulk of the Sonic games are on Switch. And I know there are some Sonic games still on like Xbox and PlayStation, but I feel like the bulk of the Sonic games are on Switch these days. But yeah, I mean, that gets... That's definitely a very weird, weird world that we're living in, where a character that was on other platforms is make, jumping ship to a completely different platform altogether. I mean, obviously there was like a little bit of a scare, not really a scare, but like with the CDI and the Zelda and Mario had games over there, but obviously that system was awful. So I don't know. You never really know where characters go these days, and <laughs> the fans will just follow that character anyway. So if it's going to be on a different platform, then bring over the fan base over there. That's true. That's true. Uh, so Microsoft's not the only one going on a buying spree recently. Um, we, uh, we just got word today, wasn't it? Just, just today, like just a few yeah, hours ago that's, um, Sony's also going to start buying game companies. Um, and they're going to start with Bungie. Yep. Sony bought Bungie for, a little less than Microsoft bought uh, Activision Blizzard, but they still point, spilled, spent uh, quite a bit of money, $3.6 billion, uh, also with a B, $3.6 billion. Uh, Bungie, big studio that's uh, like their big game, of course, is Destiny uh, in that series. But uh, yeah, they say that they're, of course, going to continue to support cross-platform, just like Microsoft says and everything. But uh, yeah, we don't know what it, where it's going to go in the future. Um, you know, right now, Destiny 2 is one of the big games, and so they want to continue supporting that IP and uh, continue pushing it forward. But uh, yeah, Sony bought... Bungie Studios for $3.6 billion. Nintendo, you're running out of game studios to buy. That's all I'm just going to say. There's not going to be many left at the at that level uh, pretty soon if uh, Microsoft and Sony keep going on these buying sprees and spending uh, bags and bags and bags of cash on, on these uh, studios. Barry, any your thoughts similar to uh, the Microsoft uh, Activision <laughs> deal or is this is this a better deal? I mean, thoughts are similar. Uh, this is obviously uh, a smaller deal. Um, Bungie doesn't have a host of IP. They're a talented studio, sure, but they have one IP. They own Destiny. It's not the same as Activision. Because remember, Activision, was not, not only was it Blizzard as well with their own set of IPs, but it was also like King, which, you know, I'm not a Candy Crush person, but that that has made a lot of money. So there's a lot of IP and establishments there. This, it's one company. It's it's Bungie. Uh, 
I do think it's pretty hilarious that Microsoft now owns Crash and Spyro, who are known for starting on PlayStation, uh, as well as Banjo, you know, who started on Nintendo. And, and you know, Sony owns Bungie, the makers of Halo, which is <laughs> Microsoft's biggest IP. Uh, and who previously worked with Destiny with Activision, who now Microsoft owns. Uh, it's it's just like feels like some really weird love triangle kind of thing going on. But, uh, I mean, this one makes a little more sense. But the fact that Sony is open to keeping it third party is quite telling. Because maybe Sony has started, either this is Sony's doing, or this is one of the stipulations that Bungie said we will allow this buyout. Because remember, a buyout... Both parties have to agree. This isn't just an overnight thing, or this isn't just a, hi, guess what? Here's $3.6 billion. I now own you. They have to agree to it. That could have been one of the stipulations. <clears throat> if you purchase us, you know, so we could utilize your resources, and obviously we'll probably do PlayStation-exclusive content in a game like Destiny or whatever, sure, but we want to be able to, to have our game out for, or all of our games out for other people because we have fans on all platforms. And Sony agreed. And the fact that Sony agreed shows an openness that Microsoft's been showing and even Nintendo has been showing. Uh, and I like to see that. I like to see this more inclusive as a, an entire industry as opposed to, you know, system-specific, you know, kind of atmospheres, if that makes sense. Yeah. Greg, what do you think about uh, this Sony deal? I mean, it pretty much falls in line with what I was saying with the previous one. It's still going to cut down um, exclusives, and I mean, they're going to be changing hands. And obviously, with like this is interesting. Just like Halo is more involved in this, and as Barry said, that's like the one of the biggest IPs on X. Like it's exclusive to um, Xbox, and now it's going to be exclusive to PlayStation. So that's no, 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 no. Halo is still owned by Xbox. 343 has been making Halo games, but but Bungie created Halo when Microsoft uh, got the rights and and supported and published it. They owned Halo from the publishing, and Bungie made up until Halo Reach. After mm -hmm. that, 343 did Halo 4 and onwards. Bungie has nothing to do with Halo anymore. So Halo is Xbox still, but Halo is the child of Bungie, and it's because of Bungie that it's even on the map. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that I'm not in the... No, of all things Bungie, all I know is like I'm seeing that they <laughs> were responsible for Halo, and I thought they were getting mm -hmm. Halo and all the games with it. But obviously, that's no longer the case. Yeah. So I misspoke there. So um, yeah, it still kind of still stands as it's less um, companies out there and more like companies under other umbrellas with the, the franchises that they have and the characters and everything involved there. So it's. Obviously not the best thing in this world, but it just seems like we're just trying to lower the number down. And hopefully Nintendo can actually require uh, Retro Studios to make that official. I know they've <laughs> they own done a lot for studios. Nintendo. And I didn't think it was full like on like uh, 100%. Yeah, they, they it, bought like, it back in the game. 49 or something. It was like one of the I last times they actually did buy a company like that, I feel like. They no, they did Monolith Soft. They did uh, Next Level Games. Oh, they've yeah, done guess, quite a uh, bit. I guess they have. It's just not not, they, as, not yeah. as many as uh, like Microsoft and Sony. Oh. 
Yeah. True. Yeah. I guess and we'll see. Platinum is follows. They could still get platinum, and <laughs> you know, people wanting them to get platinum, they can also sure. pick up like yacht 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 club games. That would be a good one to pick up as well. I don't know. I mean, they but, could go for way forward. They could go for Grasshopper. They could go for Sega, <laughs> for all we know. But the reason is Nintendo doesn't have the money that Sony and Microsoft have. Nintendo has like six, maybe ten billion in the bank. You know, so buying something like Bungie would deplete a good chunk of their reserves. And if there's no reason to purchase, like Platinum, as much as it'd be cool if they bought Platinum, <clears throat> why? Platinum's making Babylon Fall for Square, which is not going to be on the Switch. Other than that, Platinum pretty much makes mostly Switch games. They have a great working relationship. You know, Astral Chain was the, the child that they wanted to make. And they, Nintendo allowed them to do it. Nintendo owns that IP. They've got a great working relationship without spending a dime. So why should they spend more? Now, if Platinum said, hey, Sony wants to purchase us and we won't be able to work anymore unless you want to jump first, then maybe they'll do it. But Nintendo is, is frugal. They don't, if they don't have to spend money, they're not going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that, yeah, they obviously need the money because like um, Microsoft has like Windows and other stuff that it could fall back on. Sony has like TVs and other s- computers as well. So it's <laughs> those are a lot bigger companies that have other industries that they're a part of. Where Nintendo is just video games, basically. Yeah. So I know they had other industries in the past, but it's not like they're been using those like in current day it's mm-hmm. all just being known as a video game company yeah but they are well, branching out now with movies and dream parks that's true that's true uh, that actually does bring you know a question in my mind like when you when you think about this like you know there really are like <laughs> for weird reason there's always been that big three and that big three has changed over the years but nintendo as far as a as as an overall company i mean they're our number five best-selling console of all time uh right now but um but they are just a video game company like when it's all said and done that's that's what they are and um you know microsoft and sony have so many other forms of revenue that are coming in from a bunch of different products that they're able to put out and and services they're able to put out and so like you know does is this you know does it seem like are microsoft and sony trying to like take nintendo out in this or do you think they're actually is is this going to be is this going to profit nintendo at all by microsoft and sony buying these other big game studios and kind of starting to to move in and make their what what is already big even bigger is this going to be good for nintendo at all i mean i know we're not we're not industry analysts we're not you know stock people or whatever we don't know all the ins and outs and everything but just kind of speculate a little bit it what's the writing on the wall for nintendo when these their their competitors which are already big are getting bigger what do you think barry the writing is not there at all because nintendo has proven that they can survive on their first party alone i mean the wii u was a failure but they they were still for the most part posting green they did have a, a red month, or, or a couple of red months, but for the most part, green. The N64, same thing. GameCube, same thing. They can do it. Nintendo can perfectly survive fine on their first party. They've done it before, they could do it again. However, Nintendo has another avenue. Indies. Indies sell extremely, extremely well on the Switch. We've had discussions with different developers, and they've all told us 
that the switch makes up 50% or more of their total sales compared to all other platforms, including Steam, PS4, Xbox. The switch sales are just a juggernaut. So Nintendo has that. And a lot of people may say, I'm going to get a PlayStation 5 or a Series X or a PC and a Switch. And as long as Nintendo is that supplementary secondary system that people say, well, I'm going to get it for Nintendo first party, I'm going to get it for the indie games on the go, and maybe a third party game here or there, but mainly the exclusives, they're going to do just, just fine. Um, they're making money, they're posting in the green every single month, so there is no writing on the wall. And here's something that is a fact. Uh, Phil Spencer has stated multiple times that he has an extreme amount of love and respect for Nintendo. And if Nintendo was hurting for whatever reason, I have a feeling that he would do something to give them a loan or do whatever to keep them afloat. Because if Nintendo were to ever go out, video games as an industry would be dead. And he knows it because it would kill everything. It would turn into nothing but Call of Duties, FIFAs. Would he still make games? Sure. But it wouldn't have the heart and soul. He would do what he could to keep them alive because he admits he absolutely loves Nintendo games. He is a Nintendo fanboy working for Microsoft. And I think that's absolutely hilarious. But it's great at the same time because he knows where, you know, where the heart is. And if you ask the majority of developers right now for these companies that work on these AAA games, maybe they're not on Nintendo, but you ask them, where did you start? The majority of people will say on a Nintendo platform. They will say they've started with the Mario, they started with the Zelda, they started with the Mario Kart, then they still go back and play those games. They will never go away. And if for whatever reason Nintendo says we're calling it quits, I guarantee you Microsoft will be right there and say, look, we're not letting you. Let us at least buy and keep these things alive. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'd be generous to say that they are going to uh, offer them a loan. I think uh, Microsoft would be there yeah. with a check and going, "Hey, we'll buy you for a hundred billion dollars. No, Have a nice I, retirement." I think, Mario now belongs to us. I think Phil would would do a loan out of his own personal thing. I think he's that passionate. Okay. <laughs> I think he. he I hope is we don't come passionate. to that day. I really hope we <laughs> don't come to that you, day and, and figure why it out. Why would we? Yeah. The, again, Nintendo is posting profits, so the, yeah. the writing's not in the wall at all. And if yeah. you want to look at Activision, what has Activision done for the Switch? Right? They've got the couple Crash games and one Skylanders game at the very launch and a Spyro three pack. And that's pretty much it. Maybe a small game here or there, or Diablo three and two came to the switch as well um that's it but if you took out those games yeah yeah if you took out those games the switch library doesn't truly suffer it's fine we haven't had a call of duty on nintendo since the wii u days so it's it's not gonna it's not a big thing for nintendo and bungie has never put a game on on nintendo uh as far as i'm aware so Mm -hmm. it's not going to really affect Nintendo at all. But I guarantee you they're watching this, and maybe they've got some acquisitions in mind. Maybe they're going to be reactionary to it. Now, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, well, this Bungie acquisition was reactionary to Activision. And it's not. Because, again, it wasn't just, oh, quick, hey, Bungie, right. you want to hook up? All right. Like, these things take <laughs> hey, we heard this years. Happened, so. yeah. <laughs> these things take years to work out. There's a lot of lawyers and things to go through. So this just happened to be 
ironically right. announced two weeks later, but mm -hmm. these things were in the works for a while. And that may be one of the stipulations. If you remember when Bungie broke from Activision, they got the Destiny IP and they got all the rights to Destiny from Activision. And that could have been one of the stipulations. Sony said, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you and we'll fund you, but you got to get Destiny. Otherwise, you're not worth as much. And that may be why that happened. And that was, I feel like that was like a year and a half ago, maybe Something two years like ago at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. And this does come off of, I mean, just to add to that point, um, take two just bought Zynga as well. So like it wasn't all reactionary yeah. at all. Um, yeah. that was a $12.7 billion deal. Jeez. Like it's ridiculous. Like Zynga is worth that much more than, than Bungie. Think about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Greg, do you think this is going to have any sort of impact on Nintendo at all? Or, you know, will things basically be the same? Like, like Barry was saying, we don't really have a whole lot of those games on Nintendo platforms anyway. So will we see much of a difference moving forward? I don't think there's going to be any much of a difference. I mean, as Barry said, there's very little games, even from those, any of those companies that are, are on switch and even like fewer on like some of the old, like even like Wii U and some of the older platforms, those companies have been more primarily Xbox and PlayStation like platforms. So I don't really see Nintendo being in a place where they're going to be losing out on much of anything. Um, hopefully with like, Microsoft having like Activision Blizzard, maybe they might actually get some more IPs on to Switch or the Switch successor. I mean, that's always the case down the down the line, but um, I don't see it impacting Nintendo like any way negatively or from this these deals overall. Yeah, yeah. Good point. I do. I do stand. Uh, Jakester mentioned Overwatch. I forgot Overwatch as well. Oh yeah. And he Overwatch. also brings up uh, Phil Spencer was on a talk show for Animal Crossing, which is true. Um, that just shows how much of a fanboy he is. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, heading back up in the, the chat just a bit. Uh, Logan also pointed out that Sony has a market cap of 133 billion dollars, and Nintendo has a market cap of 57 billion dollars. But that doesn't necessarily mean cash on hand. But uh, it just gives you a good idea of like the size of the company uh, itself. So like over twice the size. Sony has you know a market cap of over twice the size of Nintendo. Um, so that's that's pretty huge, and uh, just got bigger. Um, with bringing Bungie on board as well. Um, looking to have 44, 44 billion in, uh, 2021, um, of, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, we'll see where it goes from here. Maybe, um, maybe Nintendo will eventually, you know, buy electronic arts or some crazy thing like that. You know, we've, we've seen, uh, you know, we didn't think this stuff was going to happen. Probably. Nintendo will not buy EA, but you know, crazier things have happened for sure. Nintendo could buy Ubisoft. They've been working together. That's true. They could. They could. Starlink two, baby. Ah, uh, yeah. There we go. It just that's that's <laughs> what the next Star Fox game becomes. Star Fox takes over. Hey, it's canon now. <laughs> they need something because that game was great, and I and it's so sad that it died. Just yep. horrible, horrible death. So, all right, well, let's move on into uh, some quick headlines. And uh, we've got four quick headlines we wanted to make sure that you guys knew about. Um, and uh, just going to move through those really quick. Uh, Barry, you want to take it away with the first one? <clears throat> uh, yeah, so uh, Life is Strange Remastered Collection is something that we discussed uh, last time on uh, the podcast. And talking about, oh, how it comes out the next day after our next podcast. Well, unfortunately... Uh, that's not the case for the Switch version. So it still comes out tomorrow for for all other systems, but 
the Switch version was unfortunately delayed. Got a new game coming onto the Nintendo Switch on April 5th, and that is MLB The Show um, 2022. So we were just talking about Activision, or not Activision, EA having um, very little support on the Switch, and it looks like they're finally starting to move off of FIFA and bring some other uh, sports games over to the Switch. So check it out on April 5th. Yes. And... uh... Speaking of checking things out, there's a new retail physical store heading to Cary, North Carolina. This one coming from Limited Run Games. They are opening up a retail store uh, to sell their own products as well. And uh, should be interesting to uh, see it when it opens. The pictures look great. But unfortunately, if you're not in North Carolina, it is, uh, you know, you have to commute to it. And I don't think they're, they're going to do shipping from the store. But they can still get their games from their website, of course. Our podcast has the history of predicting a Nintendo Directs, but you might think that this is a Nintendo Direct, but it's actually a Yacht Club Games Presents, um, and there's going to be a stream tomorrow, February 1st, and have some groundbreaking announcements of upcoming games. Stay stay tuned in to around uh, 2 o'clock Pacific Time or 5 o'clock Eastern Time for Yacht Club Games Presents. Nice, nice. I'm uh, I'm really interested to see what this this mega announcement is from Yacht Club. What could that be? Um, yeah, what do you probably guys think about? What's that? I said probably Shovel Knight related. <laughs> what they have other stuff other than Shovel. It's funny. I actually talked to to you know we've talked to Yacht Club before um, back at old industry talk and um, talked to them the first about one <laughs> packs and stuff like that too. And uh, they talked about how they want to get away from from uh, Shovel Knight and yet that's still like their, you know, their primary IP and people are still asking for more. So <laughs> they did say they did do want like a 3d shovel night, like a Mario 64 esque one. So I wonder yep. if that has finally come to fruition. That's true. Find out tomorrow. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. I am bummed that uh, life is strange uh, remastered collection um, is not coming, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I, I do, you know, um, I'm probably going to end up playing it on another system anyway. Uh, just a, a quick, um, small correction. Um, we did, I think we mentioned that, um, MLB, the show is actually, um, from, uh, EA. It's actually a Sony property. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's, that's no big deal. I think, uh, you'd mentioned it coming from Sony. Um, but EA kind of trickled in there as well, but, um, yeah, it is a, it's a Sony property, which, you know, just adds this kind of craziness of, you know, things are shuffling around and, and, uh, it is a, a game that I never thought I would see, but Hey, I'm so excited to see a good baseball game coming to, uh, to a Nintendo, uh, system. Cause it's been a while. Um, the, uh, other MLB game it's been on, yeah, it's not so good. Yeah. So. RBI bad. <laughs> I just assumed all the sports games are out of EA these days. Right. Right. Yeah. The show is actually really, really good. So it's, um, I think it came to, uh, Xbox last year. Yeah. Yep. So now they're going multi-platform this year. Um, so they just want more of that cash and they realized, Hey, it's going to get them more money if they uh, decide to bring it cross cross platform. So good for them. Um, I don't think that's necessarily it though. Yeah. Uh, what I think happened is because they, in order for them to continue with the show, they need the MLB license. Mm. And I think the MLB said the contract's up for you to renew. We want our game on all platforms because we want everybody to be able to enjoy MLB. And if you're unable to do that, then we're going to find somebody else who will. 
And Sony did not want to lose that. So I think they agreed to do that just to keep the MLB license. Because without it, they got no game. The show would be dead. Baseball, the show, no one's going to care. They want the players. They want the teams. They want. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, as Barry was saying before he just got cut off. um, Yeah, I totally agree. Like no one would be buying if it's just a uh, just a regular (laughs) baseball game. Um, But that is interesting. I didn't realize that uh, the the MLB license was going to be going up. So that does make a lot of sense um, if that if that was if that's the case, Um, because I could definitely see, you know, that definitely playing into to the whole thing um uh, and why they would want to to make that you know cross-platform and everything uh for sure um so. is that like the primary license these days because i was, wasn't there like other mlb games like before the show uh yes yes um but um yeah it's been it's been a while i think mlb the show and then they do have uh what is it the the RBI, you know, baseball or whatever the, the RBI baseball. It yeah. was Major League Baseball 2K from 2K games. Yeah, so that's the, there's not really a whole lot left anymore in, in the baseball world. Um, MLB is kind of restricted their their licensing. So yeah, if if they lost it, really wouldn't have much. Yeah, uh, so yeah, used to do triple play. <laughs> yeah, yes, I think there was like an MLB game on GameCube that I had really liked, and I'm trying to remember the name of All Star Baseball. Hmm. All-Star Baseball was Acclaim, Acclaim Sports before they went out. Oh, Acclaim, yeah. Yeah. Remember them. Yeah, I think uh, it'd be interesting. And, was- and I think the biggest thing that people that I, I've talked to, the the biggest game that, that Switch is still missing, I mean, FIFA is still kind of there. Um, be great if, if PES came over to, to Switch as yeah. well. But, um, but uh, Madden. It's like the, the biggest game. There's no NFL. There's no football games on Switch. And I know a lot of people who would be like just jumping on top of a Switch if they haven't already if if Madden came over or, or something like there's, that. There's more than just Madden. I mean, there's no NHL game, but there is one hockey game. Super that is hockey. true. That is true. <laughs> there's a lot more um, uh, NFL fans than NHL fans for sure. Though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, another baseball game that you might be thinking of on the GameCube was uh, MLB Slugfest from Midway. Another company that's now gone. Yeah, that's true. And that game was great. If you've never played Slugfest, Slugfest was fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever played it or not. I feel like I have, but I can't remember. I had rented it. It was great. Like you're running to first base and you could beat up the first baseman to get him to drop the ball so you could be safe. (laughs) Nice. Like NFL Blitz and NHL hits. Yeah, it was that same series. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I, those are the sports games I usually like getting more <laughs> right. into. Those are awesome. <laughs> do, do all the things they can't do in the actual sports. Like, That's right. Why don't they just like do this? Like, they can just right. knock them out. <laughs> and make just it a lot them. more interesting. That's why I like going to minor league hockey games. They fight more. Um, oh, yeah, they fight all the time. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, and uh, Barry, are you going to be making a trip down to North Carolina? To, no, to I, I don't. I don't. I don't foresee myself doing it now. It is, uh, but I do wish them the, the very best of luck. Of course, yeah. taking uh, physical to the next level. I guess. Hey, you know what? They they got big doing it and big enough to open up a store in, in their hometown, and that's great. And and more more retail presence is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the chat real quick and see if their thoughts are. Uh, Jakester says, if a Nintendo bought EA, that would be interesting. Never played in a game from EA. Wow. That's actually really That's, surprising. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I'm speechless. That's, 
Wow. Okay. Um, I'm not a huge fan of EA anymore, but I've definitely played a lot of their games. Um, Logan also. Oh, go ahead, Greg. I was just gonna say it just goes back to show like how older we are. I mean, EA That's used true. to be on Nintendo, older Nintendo platforms like That's GameCube true. and N64 and stuff like that. So um, NES, <laughs> SNES. Retract all that, Greg. Stop reminding us how old we are. <laughs> Jakester does enough of that in our Discord <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Um, Logan also said that 1997 Microsoft made a $150 million investment in Apple, uh, kind of actually proving what Barry said that they could actually, you know, offer that olive leaf over to a Nintendo if, uh, if that would actually you know, need to happen. So it's I, possible, but it probably will never be needed. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, Jakester also said too bad Madden doesn't exist. Uh, or doesn't have the uh, attitude about NFL not being on Switch. Uh, that's that's true. Yeah, if the uh, if the NFL as a whole um, could push the cross platform similar to the MLB, then we could actually see Madden pop up there and there. But uh, NFL has not taken that kind of uh, an interest in that for sure. Um, and uh, it also said that if we did get Madden games on Switch, we would get the bad Legacy Editions. <laughs> That's also true. Um, they bring the Legacy Edition from the GameCube days. Actually, did when was the last time we saw Madden on a an actual Madden game on a Nintendo system? Has it been since? It's not been since sixty four, has it? Surely we got one on Madden? GameCube. We got no, there was Wii a, it was on GameCube. Wii U was Wii U was, was not the, the right one. Like, wasn't it? it wasn't was, that a cartoony version? No, no. You're thinking of Madden 09 All Play. On the oh, Wii. that's what I was Madden thinking. Madden 13 yeah. on, was on the Wii and the Wii U. And that was the launch year for the Wii U when EA was like, we're going to give you our support. And okay. that was the first and last one on the Wii U and the last Madden game to hit a Nintendo console. Okay. So, yeah, we're the almost 10 years. The 3DS one game. <laughs> right, right. Oh, kind of crazy. Uh, well, we're going to move on to uh, look ahead uh, the next couple of weeks. But before we do that, we just want to quickly remind you to subscribe. Hit that like button here on YouTube if you uh, have the opportunity. Also hit the bell so you can be alerted every time we go live. Um, and uh, hit the share button as well. Share this with other Nintendo fans that you know that are out there. If you've not done so yet, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're just at Nintendo Fuse. And also, uh, if you've not joined our Discord, yet uh, we love chatting with you guys uh, in between the episodes uh, over on discord so link is on the screen but also in the show notes and the YouTube description uh, love to have you guys all uh, join us on social media and join us in the discord um, of course um, if you listen to this podcast uh, later after the fact and uh, you enjoy what you hear we would love for you to leave a positive review uh, as well that's uh, that just helps us know what you like for one um, but also how it kind of just helps other people find it you know when, when podcasts get good reviews um itunes and other places or apple Podcasts, other places will uh continue to promote them a little bit more and uh so if you like what you hear that's a that's a great way to do that um if you enjoy uh what we do here at Nintendo Fuse, some different ways that you can support us is buying some merch. Um, you can head over to NintendoFuse.com and you can click the uh, the merch button there and uh, buy a t-shirt, buy some other stuff uh, that we got on the merch site. And uh, we do accept uh, donations. Uh, it's not something we talk about a whole lot, but you can go ahead over to our Anchor uh, podcast site and you can actually uh, donate some money if you if you care to do so. Um, that'd be great. Um, we do this for free because we just love doing it. But, you know, 
if you uh, would like to, you know, throw some money our way just to, as a way of thank you, we will not turn it down. Let's <laughs> say that. Um, but or if uh, you but yeah, Microsoft will be bought out too. <laughs> That's true. Six point eight billion dollars for Nintendo Fuse. No, um, on the next episode of the Microsoft <laughs> pot, Fuse podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> if Phil, if Phil comes our way and decides to throw that money our way, it'd be hard to turn down. Uh, but we'll still do this for free though, because uh, we just enjoy doing it. Uh, but uh, let's look ahead a little bit. Uh, next podcast, as we've said, is uh, is gonna not gonna be live. It's gonna we're gonna have to pre-record that one. Um, but the next one comes out on February fourteenth. So there's a there's a few games uh, coming out over the the next couple weeks, uh, and uh, a lot of them have uh, uh, the name Kingdom Hearts attached to them. Uh, so like all of the Kingdom Hearts games, uh, mostly cloud versions of the kingdom hearts games are all coming to switch over the next uh, couple weeks um also as uh, you guys that are watching the video version we'll be scrolling these on the screen um but just some other notable uh games coming out over the next couple of weeks are ollie ollie world which we've talked about uh, a couple times on the podcast before and like i said uh all of the different uh kingdom hearts games that have gigantic names like it's kind of getting unruly with all these gigantic names. I think my favorite is Kingdom Hearts Integrum Masterpiece for Cloud. Um, but then there's also uh, Kingdom Hearts HD plus or 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix Cloud version or Kingdom Hearts 3 plus Remind DLC Cloud version. Like it's getting crazy, guys. Um, but uh, Alexio is also coming out. Um, you know, fun little game with a duck. So, you know, if Kingdom Hearts isn't your thing, go check out Alexio and uh, play a four ninety nine game with a little duck. He's cute. Uh, so, Greg, or actually, let's go to Barry. Uh, you know, keep things the same all night. Go to Barry first. Um, Barry, what are you? What are you hoping to play over the next couple of weeks? I'm hoping to finish Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus for sure, and uh, more in Final Fantasy XIV to uh, keep my dailies up and work on my gear and other jobs. Uh, that's the main thing. I, I know there's some other bigger titles coming out uh, February and March, although I don't know if they're going to be all on the Switch. I know uh, like Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins will be coming out during that time period and I forget all that's coming out. It's going to be one of those things like, Oh, this drops tomorrow. Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. I got to play it. So kittens <laughs> and yarn comes Pokemon. out on February 10th, by yeah, the way, there we go. Kittens and yarn. got to play it. Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, uh, again, Pokemon legends and final fantasy 14. And also, you know, the next game that we'll be reviewing or I'll be reviewing for the, uh, the podcast. Nice. Nice. Greg, what do you be, be uh, playing over the next couple of weeks? Pretty much just what I was uh, playing before the podcast today. Let's probably continue on with the life. Uh, life is strange. Um, I have the Demonica one to do alongside Buried next time along too. Um, still probably gonna be playing more Pokemon, more Animal Crossing. Pretty much nothing was really jumping out to me this time around. I mean, I would normally want to try the Kingdom Hearts games, but just seeing cloud versions does not fill my mind. With, uh, very happily. So unfortunately I think I'll probably be passing on those. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I don't blame you. 
Yeah, I'm definitely uh, going to be uh, playing more of uh, of True Colors uh, for sure. Um, hope to uh, get that finished uh, possibly by the next time uh, we have a podcast and then start on the uh, probably I'll start right into uh, the other one of the other games as well. Um, Barry's already given me his, you know, the the layout of the direction I should go and then the chronological order, I think. So, um, so I'll have to to get those games and probably get them on a different system since they're not coming out on Switch anymore. Um, but they uh, are, they're just being well, delayed. That's true. Yeah. Not, not on February 1st anymore. Um, but the chance of me finishing it by tomorrow is, is slim to none anyway. So, um, I'll have a little bit of time. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. We don't have an, a, a date. They just said it's been delayed and that's it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I forgot actually, I, I skipped over my, the, my favorite, you know, in quotes, um, uh, Kingdom Hearts game. It's Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue Cloud Version. Yeah, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> but we've expressed our, our disappointment <laughs> that uh, all these games are cloud versions uh, before, so we won't go into that. But it is it's really really sad because I do want to play those games, and and I have good internet. I just it's it's weird to to put you know money toward like. Like you say, very already about like physical uh, versus digital. Like, you know, it's one thing to like at least be able to download the game on your system and still be able to play it. But if it's only in the cloud, like they could shut down the servers, and that's just money I donated to to them, yep. and that's it. Like that's and that's if you the, have crappy internet that day or a spotty internet, yeah, yeah, or I want to play on the go, like and you don't have a hotspot, yeah, yeah. So that's unfortunate. Just in general, although I I, I like. You know, until we do get a more powerful system, it's nice that, you know, we have the option, I guess, of playing some of those games that we normally wouldn't be able to. <laughs> um, although I don't think some of these Kingdom Hearts games are really going to be taking up that much system resources, but whatever. <laughs> some of them are PS2 games. I mean, yeah. come on. It's dumb. But anyway, like I said, we've already went into it. <laughs> I said we're not going to go into it again. And I, there I start. So uh, I'll, I'll take that back. Um, but uh, yeah, anything else that uh, you guys going to be doing over the next couple weeks uh, uh, that you want to talk about? Barry, I know you've been on some different podcasts. You've had we had a, a cool uh, industry talk interview recently. So you want to tell the audience about that? Sure. Um, so I, I was just, as I mentioned at the start, I was on the uh, NXS podcast. Cast. I did a Nintendo special, so uh, I was asked to join that. It's, it was a lot of fun. A uh, great group of guys over there, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll be back with them. Uh, we just did an industry talk with uh, for the game Horus. Uh, the developer of Horus and I sat down and we talked. That went up uh, last week. Uh, the game sold out on the first day at Super Rare. Four thousand physical copies sold out first day. Uh, it's a great game. And uh, it's available digitally on the Switch. And a uh, great interview. The guy's a uh, you know, industry veteran. He's been there for like 25 years or something like that. Like, he's really worked on a lot of cool different games and, and has some interesting stories to tell. So definitely check that out. Uh, latest Switch Mania Playcast also just came out where we, we discuss some of these things and some other things. Uh, so that, that is available if you're uh, interested in, in checking that out as well. And uh, a lot of the other stuff I'm doing, I can't really talk about because it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff with premiums. There's a lot of, a lot of cool, good stuff, uh, on the way. So that's all I can say is to stay tuned because I want to share some things, but can't share them just yet. <laughs> nice. Nice. Greg, what are you going to be up to, uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, other than, other than gaming away? 
pretty much that's about it. Um, I have been kind of looking into trying to build like a um, arcade machine briefly, so I don't know if I'll have that kind of going underway or just more um, considering it because I've had like a new friend come into um, <clears throat> that I've been talking to a lot, and he's been saying like, "Oh, we can buy some of the parts at like a, a micro center and some other stuff like that," and so I might consider trying to do that in the future but probably not before the next podcast obviously but I might join Barry in the woodworking scene <laughs> nice nice that's so awesome i i dream about eventually want or uh owning my own home con uh, home uh arcade machine like one of these days it's gonna yeah, happen that'd be awesome yeah yeah like i want i really want a galaga machine personally but i know that like having a game that's like a cons, uh, an arcade cabinet. It's just like one game is, would be kind of limiting nowadays. Cause I'm like, really, it, it'd be cool. But at the same time, like I probably wouldn't use it that much. It'd be cool for like three days and then I'd get over it. Um, yeah. so like yep. building a, you know, something like, I think what you're probably talking about is like, they could, you know, play a bunch of different emulators or something like that. would be fun. Yep. I already got like the retro pie. I've had that for a number of years. I just need to get all that stuff like set up and configured and, then I would be able to jump into actually trying to work on actually building the cabinet. But nice. I don't know. That nice. would be the idea though. It does have multiple games on it and not just be a one hit wonder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, when it happens, we'll have to show it off on the podcast and uh, yeah, maybe do a little extra video here for our, our YouTube channel. It'd be fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all for tuning in for episode 244. Like I said, we'll be back. Uh, next episode will drop on February 14th, 2022. Um, but until then, uh, happy gaming, everybody. Have a good one. See you later. 